Hello and welcome to Gamer's Table, a podcast discussion of tabletop role-playing games, war games, movies, books, and various other game-related topics. Be warned, this show contains explicit material that may not be suitable for all audiences. Hello and welcome to Gamer's Table. My name is Eric. This is Mike. This is Dan. This is Greg. This is Mark. This is Jason. And I'm Sean. This week we're going to talk about leadership in RPGs. Now, it could be leadership characters, leadership roles, things like that, and also maybe even leadership at the table. Some abstract thought on you know what it takes to be a good leader, why, why some people kind of gravitate towards that role when they play, and why some people don't. First, you've got the Go guy great. that normally falls into the group leadership position, right. with which in our group, someone just generally assumes that leadership position. But sometimes it's you know it gets switched up based on how the party gets split. If the party gets split, right? Um, it's based on what character class you're playing. Sometimes, yeah, it's like what game. Even like if you're playing Star Trek, you know, somebody's got to be captain. Well, yeah, and that's something right. that I was going to bring up is some some games have that in their very structure. Right. Like we just got done playing uh, Rogue Trader. John was captain, but how did John get to be captain? He chose it. He chose it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, was, but was, that's that's being a leader in the game. Was he still, in fact, the the leader at no, the, the group? No, Eric See, was. that's that's the dichotomy that you <laughs> have there, right? Because Sometimes. you have natural people. People have a a natural tendency to be a leader if they are, and that kind of translates into game. Somebody wants to to run with it, and I personally, I believe you really need the leadership type to move games forward. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, very, it takes forever to get anything done. Well, yeah. You, some games you, you cannot run as a democracy. You, you have to have somebody call in the shots. The problem is if that person's not used to doing that kind of a role. And I know that sometimes we kind of mix it up a little bit and we'll say, hey, you play the captain or you play the Jedi in a group of all clone troopers. Yeah. You know, you're the leader. You have to be the leader because that's the role that you have. So yeah, last time I ran Star Wars, John was a, like a Jedi Padawan, and his master got killed in the first game. And then John was kind of like thrust into leadership role. But there's there's some people who are comfortable with that role, and there's some people who are not. You know, let, let's say in our Monday game, you know, if we all decided that Jay's going to be the leader of our group, oh my God, heaven help you, over like a red balloon. And that's because Jay is uh, he's an, he's introverted. He is very deliberate in the things that he does, but he is certainly not boisterous or commanding in any way. So you almost need to have that personality fit the role also. Well, what I always thought was kind of interesting, and uh, we'll, we'll out Sean, because Sean was in the guard for, for how long were you in the guard? Like uh, eight or nine years. It was like forever. Years? Yeah. When he would come back from duty, he would be more of a lead, like talking about Shadowrun, he was more of a leader right, right after he came back. Well, because that's, you know, that's just what you get into. You get into that mindset. In, in your real life, and then you bring your real life to the table. Now, Greg, now you being in the army, running for army guys, did, did people fit those roles better, you think, than civilians? They did, and you got get used to things like a clear chain of command. You'd right. Get, you'd have the guy even say at some point, well, if something happens to me and I have to leave or go in a different direction, then I want you to take over. Right. Or if you go into a certain situation, hey, you're better at this, and these are your people. You have the social skills that will benefit us in this situation, so you take the lead and, and you talk for like us. delegating authority. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But it's it's all about providing purpose, direction, and motivation. We hardly get any of that. We, we, we're usually completely directionless as far as that 
goes. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely like time bandits. You know, yeah, we, I was thinking we, that same thing. We, we agreed, no leader, so everyone <laughs> shut up and listen to me. Right. So I mean, it's usually four or five of us sitting at a table. You know, basically we're all trying to take over and we're all trying to call the shots and see how it's going to go. Right. And. I mean, Mike and I were talking about it earlier today. We br- very briefly because mm-hmm. we didn't want to waste content. I was going to say you're wasting good content, but I, Mike. <laughs> I, I think I think we both agreed outside the game at the table. Our leader is Eric, and we all. Te- it, it's not so much that Eric's our leader, so much as then why don't you ever listen to me? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're insubordinate. It's, it's not so much that as it is we're we're all more agreeable with you than we are with say you know we're, we're not all necessarily going to agree with mike definitely nobody's all going to agree with me all agree with me nobody's going to agree with dan no you know they're not all going to agree with dan we tend right. to we tend to gravitate towards the person we all can you know that we have the most you know, in common is, with there, so there is also a trust factor i think with when it comes to uh leadership when it comes outside the table you know, outside the game itself and i've i've played with that quite a bit with characters you know i'll play you know if i want to take the leadership role but then i'll play uh you know a complete jerk who which is, which, theme lately yeah. which is which is why it makes it so frustrating when you play a complete jerk because everybody wants to agree with you but they know that they shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> it is a dichotomy well, my characters usually generally go well, see that's that the that's the thing about a, a good leader they they bring out qualities and in, in their followers, sure. Eric makes other people want to be douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> Way to knock that one out of the park, sir. Good job, Eric. Well, and sometimes, as far as a, in a role playing situation goes, the leader could be the guy who owns the ship. True. I, mean, I yeah. was going to say the leader is the guy who owns the game. That too. In Shadowrun, it tends to be Eric. In Aces and Eights, it was you, Jason. Well, I was running the game. Though. Yeah, Star Wars, Mark. Uh, I think you know when, when when Jason was running Aces and Eights, we had a clear delineation between the storyteller and the game master. And that worked. That's how we got through it. Jason told the story, and Eric kept track of the rules. <laughs> well, I think it's whoever has it the most right. most personal investment in whatever's going on kind of has a tendency to to want to become the leader. I, I totally discount the person running the game. I I just thought. Well, we were yeah, talking yeah, about running the game, the people yeah. playing the game. Yeah, so yeah. that's so that's Eric. Kind of around the game someone's got to step up if like if we right. were playing car wars i mean i would be i would be mad max <laughs> right because i, I would love my, to play car wars. wars i agree wars. i, I want to be humongous I, that, i've wanted to play car wars since like my sophomore year in high school when i met my buddy who ended up joining the marines and i never saw him again that was my 2009 gen con pick of the year at three dollars cool. the nice. car wars complete companion why haven't we played it we, we have we're booked up our it's schedule is generally big, full like, <laughs> 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 what well, no wasn't what was it was it big i think it was jumongous jumongous yes jumongous yeah lord uh, lord humongous wasn't it humongous. it wasn't uh, no, no, you you humongous you talk about the, the the leader of the I just said that. I said I wanted to be humongous. Okay, because I, I think it's humongous. You are humongous. Humongous is <laughs> a completely thing. different thing. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> is this that, something that I need to edit out no, later? Uh, no, but no. it's definitely content that's not for kids. We've, <laughs> we've stopped. Fair enough. We've, we've stopped where we need to stop. Just All right. Like, uh, okay. Are there games that are leaderless? <laughs> leaderless games. Well, I think Shadowrun has a tendency to be that way. It can, definitely can well, be. Leaderless? Yeah. Like, this is, Shadowrun is kind of the... the uh, it's kind of an every man for yourself. It, it ends up being every, every man for himself because of, the, because of the profit-based incentives. Yeah, but you, you don't know? get nowhere as a solo, right? Person. Well, that's why you know, I think well, we you, always you go into the run right. as a team. Yeah, and then Shadowrun was what I was trying to say was like it becomes the the epitome of you know no plan survives contact with the enemy. So once it goes down, then you know people throw grenades into staircases where everybody you don't have is to be going down to throw grenades. <laughs> yeah, that's how you start them. He wasn't well, even that's, talking that's about you. Drop the grenade in front of you, and I think. I think when the run goes bad, that's when people tend to 
every man for themselves. Right. This is what I was yeah. just trying to say. Yeah. Okay. So um, you spend a game session planning the run, and then the run falls apart, or the the plan falls apart in the first thirty seconds. Of, That's of why the I say stop planning. No plan. <laughs> yeah, no plan. Don't waste a just night. Go. Yeah. Don't waste a night planning. Just, just go plan Q, it. baby. Anything <laughs> that can be burnt burns. Anything that can be, that can explode explodes. But you forgot how ba- Plan Q backfires. Plan Q can backfire. You just got to be faster than well, fire. That's but, all. But the point is, that's going to happen anyway. So you may as well just get to it so you can then move on. <laughs> right. True. And then True. make a new guy. So I think we're in agreement that there are some games that you need a leader. Twilight 2000. Anything with a rank structure. Yeah. It's, it's built into it. Sure. That's the game. Where it becomes a little bit more fuzzy is games where there is no uh, leader or there is no trust. Think Paranoia. Well, yeah. You can't have a leader in Paranoia. Right. No, because everybody's trying to backstab everybody. Competitive games sometimes. You can have a leader in that, but then everybody's plotting against. The, the, I, I want to put a question out to the, to the listenership. Has anybody ever heard or participated in an extended game of Paranoia? Because it's always been kind of the, you know, like, well, the guy that's running the game this week isn't going to be here the next week, so mm. we'll just quick run a game of Paranoia, right. and we'll play Paranoia for at night and then move on. And see I want to know if we can go anybody's, yeah, yeah so. anybody's run an extended campaign yeah. of Paranoia. I don't think I've ever played it at all. Yeah, it's that I can recall. It's, it's nuts, man. Yeah, yeah I'm clueless you, on that one. It's a it's a game where it's uh, a dystopian future yeah. where a computer, um, um, an insane computer, is running the world. How old and, is this game? Uh, it came out in the eighties. Uh, I seem to remember. Paranoia I think XP, Corey had it, but yeah, I don't think we ever played it. No. I, I I'd only played it one time, and that was when John ran right. it, and he's ran it a couple of times beyond hmm. that. But that seems like um, it'd be right up John's alley. It's it's a very uh, well, it's it. I think the the ad for it was you have to love the computer. The computer is insane. The computer wants to kill you. You need to defeat the computer, but you love the computer. Yeah. yeah. It's it's <laughs> so it's this insane computer that's totally screwing things up, but you don't want to openly show that you're going against the computer because you'll be executed. So you're doing everything underhanded and everybody has X amount of clones. So when your guy dies, your clone just takes his place. Oh, I see. So, so it, in that game, the leader is the game master. It's it's like you know, if if Kurt Vonnegut had written uh, Equilibrium. Ooh, that sounds cool. <laughs> it, no, I, I think no it, that's why you're wrong. <laughs> I think that it could be uh, you could do a long term game. The fear of character death isn't there, you know. I mean, so if your guy your guy dies, you go, nah, okay, nah, next guy. You well, know, after eight. five clones, though, uh, I think you start getting mutations and some other things start degrading doing, and yeah. things like that. Yeah, adversely affect your character. Mutations are never bad. Yeah, oh, that's lie. always a good thing. I, I want to play this game. Oh man, what's I was and I were talking about the new uh, Dark Heresy. Yeah, the dude the, where you get to play Chaos. Yes. Apparently, Black Crusade. It's Black Crusade, yes. Uh, I haven't picked up the book myself yet. but uh, I read it all on Monday. Awesome. I couldn't put it down. I read the entire thing in <laughs> cover to cover in one sitting. That's Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can play a Chaos Space Marine or a Chaos Human. Yeah, and uh, apparently the mutations. They're pretty bad. Are awesome. There's almost a full chapter of them. Well, they know what they were kind of going for with that. Right. They know right. what people want. I yeah. think I think our first... Experience with uh, mutations was uh, the old Warhammer game. Gamma Warhammer game. Oh. And we sat around one night in my basement. Just one of mutations. Just, we just, just, just kept, kept walking into. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The radioactive pits or whatever, just trying to get the, it. The the second edition of that game, the mutation book is a D one thousand roll. Wow! Oh man, that yeah, can you can just that. do that all night. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you imagine were, bashing out a thousand? Was it one thousand? I, I yeah. believe. I don't know. Best fate point I ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up with seven of the worst mutations. 
I'll just fade point out of this. Seven out of a thousand. <laughs> <Seven>. <laughs> nice. So like I say, there's there's some games that have that built in. Now, Dungeons & Dragons, Hackmaster, you know, your, fa- your general fantasy setting, you don't necessarily have that. And one of the things that I always think about when you're talking about a fantasy setting, like a traditional fantasy setting, is the Dragonlance trilogy, the original Dragonlance trilogy, and how Tannis was the leader. Right. They all recognized that Tannis was the leader. Right. But yet, in reality, he shouldn't have been. And I and I know that, you know, Weiss and Hickman, when they wrote those books, they even, you know, some of the, the terminology and some of the, they even went into that. How, why are mean, we following this half-elf? You mean, so who should have been the leader then? Well, so I'm just or? saying that, that, well, you had Sturm, who was the, sure, right. the, the, the knight. Right. You had Raceland, who was the, the wizard, you know. So who, was, who was also weak and... Well, yeah, but he was obviously also, evil when you look at him. Yeah, yeah but he was, he was voiced by uh, Kiefer Sutherland, so that's some <laughs> that's <laughs> that's points. right there. That's right. You oh, know, he should have been the no idea what you guys are talking voiced about right in, now. Voiced You've by never re- read the the Dragonlance trilogy? No, probably the wow. best D and D books ever yeah. written. You should totally read those, man. Yeah, those are those yeah. are excellent. Yeah. It's not Salvatore. No, no, it's it's Weiss and Hickman. <laughs> Weiss. <laughs> Eric, Eric said Eric recommended that I read the books, and he said, uh, "Tell me when you cry." He said, let me know when you cry. So I read the books. I cried. I let him know. I knew exactly when it was yeah, he knew exactly when it was gonna be. Yeah. Exactly what moment it was gonna be. And he was yeah. right. I mean he I was like, ah, Eric, you suck. Is there, is there a kid that uh, has a dog that gets rabies and yes. he gets a, kid, a kid has to shoot his has own to shoot dog. His own dog with, with a crossbow. With a crossbow. <laughs> I won't I won't give it away for you, Mark. It's it they really are good. But books. yeah, it's the it's the original Dragonlance trilogy. If you have the chance, pick it up. I consider it and it, even though it was written twenty some odd years ago, I still think of it as the consummate D and D novel set. Um, even though it's not set in well, it's set in Corinne, which is the Dragonlance world, and they 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 toyed with a few things. There's no orcs and they, who, like who wrote it again? Margaret Weiss and uh, Tracy Hickman. They didn't, and it's a campaign world which I really don't even enjoy. I think we tried playing it a yeah, little bit, I, and I've tried. I think know, that yeah. was kind of the and what never really made any sense to me was that was always the general consensus. Dragonlance it was an okay game setting. But that's where the greatest books were. Yeah. I don't understand why that right. never translated. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I've, I've never played this setting or read the books. Really, I, you dig it the most. Actually, uh, yeah, you would. I one of my friends from college started playing D anD D with his parents when he was eight years old, and he has never played anything other than the Dragonlance setting. Wow! wow. I'm gonna say it again. I've, I've always wanted to play Ravenloft, but uh, I guess that's just me. We played Ravenloft one time, didn't we? I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want the old uh, Dungeon Master's view on your topic? Okay. No, Mike. Send we don't. It. More like the young Dungeon Master's <laughs> view, Mike. You're All not right. that old yet. Well, the original way D and D was uh, set up to run, the Dungeon Master would give you a situation, and then the players around the table would discuss out what their next move was going to be, and then there was a spokesman for the group. So it was like that's how you know things went. Or you know, do you want to go left? You know, you just you discuss that out. Go. And what I think what happened gradually over time was it became more of this. Okay, so and so's on point. They decide where you go until that guy goes down. And then the next guy goes up. It became more of a tactical. Just just yeah. being the guy that is the first one into the room doesn't necessarily make you the leader. No, yeah, it just that, makes you that's the what I'm tripper. saying. It makes you disposable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It used to be been there. What what game was it where we actually tied a guy to a stick and tied a goblin to a right. long stick? And that was the return to, to Castle Grayskull or whatever. It was it wasn't a goblin? That was a. Uh, <laughs> 
You're talking about a cobalt. Mm, cobalt. Cobalt. That's, that's right. Anyway, Mike, go ahead. No, that, that was pretty much well, the point, were, is that it was a... It certainly makes things... I think things, that was even in the writing of the rules, that you needed yeah, a spokesman. spokesman. It makes things a heck of a lot easier when you have some one person making... Not necessarily making the decisions, yeah. but making the call. Because then it reminds me of if you open it up to chaos, then people are just barking everything. And it gets to the point when you're running the game, you're like, what are you guys going to do? Because everybody, you know, you ask, yeah. you know, six different people and I'm getting six different things. Somebody needs to make a decision. Well, it ended up being like the family feud or something. Right. The game Master's Richard Dawson. Everyone's barking out what their answer is going to be. Well, the guy on the end of the table's got to be the one to get the final answer. Ultimately, so more I like think, a group arbitrator than yeah. actually a leader. I, I think there usually is a group consensus about what you're going to do and what, what you know what direction you're going to go. I know I was thinking of your homebrew campaign, Eric, where you had it set up so that humans were at the top of the food chain and then everybody socially, else, yeah, socially, and then everybody else was kind of like a servant. Mike made a human. Everyone else made some some form of demi demi human, right? So yes, Mike my, was everybody just assumed my second that, ill-fated dwarven fighter. <laughs> everyone just assumed that Mike was the leader because he was human. Yeah, your NPCs all all, all assumed that Mike right. was, and Mike actually assumed that role and started making decisions regardless if the if the fellow players wanted him to do or not. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that was along the same lines as your as what they were saying about you. Everyone hated my character, but I think they trusted me enough that I probably really didn't mean all the stuff I was saying because otherwise you would have not hung out with my character or you would have killed my character. She's all bark. She doesn't mean what she says. That's yeah. all. That's all a so. facade. Well, and, and I also think that picking a leader when you're talking about. I I know I'm thinking back to like uh, when early in college while you were in the army, Eric, and it was me, Mike, and Brian sitting around pay- playing most of the time. Right. There really wasn't a reason for us to pick a leader. There really was a cricket in here. There really wasn't a reason for us to pick a leader. I mean, it was just it was just Brian and I competing, and, yeah. and that's well, that's why we butted heads see, a that, lot. That's the thing. Now let's we can talk about that. Uh, with a small group, you don't necessarily right. need one, regardless of what you're playing. In a big group, you pretty well got to pick somebody that's well, going to do the. In job. a big group, you, inevitably you're going to end up when a with one group that's paying attention to the to the game master, yes, and then like two guys are going to be talking about hockey, right? Or one guy's going to be contemplating quitting the game, as right. I have done on occasion. Well, here's a case in point. Here's a case in point. Monday, this previous Monday, we have seven, eight people at the table for a mutants and masterminds game. Was that one too much? Both Scott and Lucky showed up, and Jace was there. That was a week before. That, that was a week before, before. that. But that, we could use that as an example too. So you're talking like six or seven players with one game master. And it ended up being the game master engaging one or two people and everybody else having side conversations. And if you're sitting at the end of the table, you can't hear what's going on with the game master because everybody else is having side conversation. Unfortunately, you know what I say to that? That's disrespectful and you shouldn't come to game. Well, you know what I'm saying? That's disrespectful to the game. master. I don't think that has anything to do with the topic actually. Well, no, 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 it does. Unless somebody at the table was a leader and said, Hey, part of it is leave or get with the game. Part of it is the way that Brian's got the third game room set up right now with Mike sitting against the wall. There's really only a couple of people who can really hear Mike, especially since Mike's so quiet. But we'll bring Mike, him a Mike also picks where he's going to sit, too. Well, Mike no, needs last to week sit. I, and he's last week the... I was in the corner. The, the week uh, Nobody we had Mike the, in the, the full house, <laughs> I was centrally located. Yeah, yeah, I had you on my left, and I had Eric on my right, and I was looking at Greg straight across the table, and I couldn't hear Greg when I was talking to him. Well, I think your, your tables are definitely way, way too big. Well, but the thing is, and I think, and I understand what Dan's saying, and I agree with this, because being someone who tries to focus on what's going on all the time, even if it doesn't involve me, and that's mostly because I want to, I want to be, generally want to be involved in what's going on. Which is 
probably why Eric ends up being the leader so often. Well, and it's just that, you know, the it, maybe it does take somebody to be the leader at the table to say, hey, shut the F up, you know, and listen to the game. Well, see, that's yeah. the thing, though. You wouldn't do that. You, you wouldn't say to somebody, shut the F up and right. pay attention. Right. You'd say, hey, guys, uh, come on, we're playing. You know? Now, Depending me on how the rude other, they me, were, I me, would. <laughs> right. Me or Mark, on the other hand, we'd be... You know, rah, rah, rah. And Mark right. and I have done that with each other quite a few oh, yeah. times. At the table, you know, sometimes it does take that abrasiveness to, to, you know, get everybody focused. Now, running a game is completely different. If you feel like when you're running a game that too much st- side stuff's going on, and I've, and I've done this myself, where, okay, you guys want to goof around, then this bad stuff happens right. because well, you're not paying attention. In, in junior high, it was, I remember the first time Mike did it, it was just a random meteor or rock or uh, whatever. It just came yeah. out of the sky and landed on somebody and killed them. Mm. Well, with an iron fist, was, but, Mike right. says. So, I, I mean, and and that, that became the joke after that. Oh, look out, there's going to be a rock come out of the sky. The right. level of engagement just is going to vary. If it, Like in Shadowrun, if Eric poses us with a mission and then the whole group's got to hash out how we're going to do the mission, everyone's engaged, everyone's given input, but if you're maybe in the middle of just some random subplot that only deals with a few people, well, yeah, the other people have no input to it, so they're natu- naturally going to drift away from that and not have any interest in it. I'm not saying that's right, but... Uh, well, I know that there was a good 23 years between me running the first thing I ever ran to the second thing I ever ran, and that was mostly because that first time I tried to do it, it was, what was it, the adventure? You need to slow down, down this City breakneck pace, by the way. Do what? <laughs> you need to slow down this breakneck pace. <laughs> well, City and the, the, the reason why... City of the Gods. City of the Gods. The reason why I didn't do it anymore is because these guys totally knew that I wasn't in control, and they just kind of ran roughshod over me until I finally said, all right, I'm done. Yeah. That's why you play the meteor card, that's man. That's kind right. of a, a different... I mean, yes, as the game master, you have to have a level of leadership. There was a huge <laughs> gap between me running something for all those years because I had such a bad experience with it the first time, I didn't want to deal with it again. Right. Well, th- like I said, there is a, a level of leadership that the, the right. person running the game has to have. Or, if if anything, and I guess this can kind of segue into respect. You have to... To be an effective leader, you have to either earned or have some level of respect paid to you because if they don't respect you like you said jason we weren't respecting you and we didn't sh- and then of course this is years ago i said you guys still don't respect me you all think i'm a jerk that's well, fine <laughs> that, that, that instance re- might have been but, years but ago you recognize but i recognize that. right I, I can admit uh, it <laughs> we've all fallen into our roles <laughs> but anyway but I, you know there is a level of respect to be given to somebody in a leadership role if for some reason we play a game and somebody just arbitrarily says, I'm going to be the leader of the group this time. And it's somebody that is usually goofing off or stuff like that, or we just don't respect, you know, it's, it's somebody we don't, let's say some noob sits down and decides to play a game with us and has the cojones to say, I'm going to be the leader of your guy's group. We Good would luck. totally tear them up. But now the, yes. the guy from well, the, the, guy from the Air Force. that role, but then you just kind of still do your own thing within right. the gaming. Yeah. But that guy from the Air Force a few Andrew. years ago. When he walked in the door, you guys probably would let him do it. He probably was kind of a leader at the table, yeah, wasn't he? After really. a point. After a point. Once, once we got comfortable with each other. Yeah, he earned his respect right. by playing. I mean, he's like, in, in all these years of gaming on Monday, he's like the one guy that I've allowed to be in the group. His buddy was okay, so he, you know, he could stay. When you're talking about regular people 
playing a game, there has to be, you know, the leadership role has to be somebody that you have respect for. Now, in a, a military, you know, if you're having a bunch of army guys sit down and play, or even, you know, one or two army guys in a group of civilians, that's completely different, you know, because then people are, if you have people who are used to being told what to do, they have no problem playing a role, either giving or receiving orders. But when you have people who aren't used to it, sometimes ego gets in the way. And it's like, why am I listening to this guy? Yeah. Or who is he to tell me what to do? I prefer to play the supporting character. I just have more fun doing it. I could be a leader, but I'd just soon be the, the clown in the group and the goof. And, well, and, uh, and that's because in a lot of ways, if you're talking about as the uh, leadership character, your well, my, character is – My characters are inspired to be a leader. They just never get there. <laughs> <laughs> like the guys you know, that I got now that I'm wanting to – you know, he wants to have his own ship and he wants to be the captain, Captain Morgan. Uh-huh. But he'll probably never have it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just, you know, I just like being that supported character, just being in the group. And part of that also boils down to character class in the game you're playing. Right. Because it, it like doesn't a make a lot of sense. To, yeah, a thief being the leader in D&D, but we'll go to Dark Heresy. You can almost be a leader with almost any class in there. Right. Some classes have more benefit because of the skill sets or talents they provide. Right. But again, it's, I mean, it's yeah. almost... But yep. then again... You know, it, it it really does matter what you play, though, because are you going to follow the lead of a death cult assassin? Yeah. Probably not. Well, well, the, you know, however, the priest or the guardsman, right? And, and I yeah. disagree. The being thief. the guy that played the uh, death cult assassin, I'd rather not have anybody following me. They're gonna so like in a D and D setting. I only see like a paladin, a warrior, or a wizard. See, I don't see any other class being a leader. I, I disagree that a thief couldn't be the leader. I think a thief could be a leader. Robin Hood was a leader. The, well, right, depending on the, the setting, the situation that your character's playing. If you're playing in a primarily city-based or is a line, campaign, right? I think a thief is a perfect leader. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm In the uh, you don't the think Age of Worms. alignment would dictate that? What's that? His alignment? Would That's dict- true, too. But well, yeah. a lot of people aren't really forthcoming with what their alignment is. Yeah. But what I was going to say is in the uh, Age of Worms uh, – Adventure Path that we played, I considered Cray the leader of the group. Really? Yeah. My guy? Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Anybody else? Because I don't remember that at all. Or did he just oh, consider you the Patsy? I mean... But yeah. you know, I, 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 I was playing... Uh, Poster Boy. Uh, Rick the Warlock, yeah. Mm-hmm. and Rick uh, the yeah. Warlock. <laughs> yes. I, yes. I, I, like I, Tim the Wizard <laughs> and Rick the Warlock. <laughs> oh, that's right. He wore, he wore buckles and shoes. Exotic. Anybody? <laughs> I do not wear buckles and shoes. <laughs> Anybody feel as though this was like mailed in at all? <laughs> it sounds that way. Uh, Rick. It was spelled... Uh, R-Y-K-K. <laughs> Because that makes it much better. It does. Ooh. It makes it fantasy and not a douche. R-Y. Keep no, telling yourself you know, that. When we were playing that sleep. game, and when I was playing Rick, it was my, uh, the, the only job I really had was to hit, hit stuff with my balefire and not get killed by Eric's character. Those were my two jobs. There wasn't really room for a leader. So why was my guy the leader? Why well, did... Kalidor certainly wasn't the leader. No. You can't have a leader who might The just... warlock just bowed out. It, it wasn't the guy who ate everything. That's right. Well, you were the no de facto leader. Oh, yes. man. Which, that in and of itself is an interesting Everybody situation. Everybody else was playing freaks. You had to be the leader. <laughs> and you were amnesiac old guy, weren't you? I was, a, I was like a 60-year-old guy who couldn't remember anything. You know, covered, covered in tattoos. You know you've done everything when you have a group like that. Yeah. Yes. Now, so this whole time I've been thinking about our Mutants and Masterminds campaign, and that was... Most popular? It was super popular. Right. But you think of comic books. You think of X-Men, Fantastic Four, 
before. All of these superhero teams have an established leader. We had none. No. We, you know, really, we we had no leader other than maybe the professor who would lead us in a particular direction. Who was an NPC. NPC, right. yeah. yeah. In a superhero group, yeah, there, there probably should be a leader. Yeah, and like I say, my point was we, we, we totally missed that opportunity. I think maybe if that campaign would have progressed, your character... Yeah, well, Eric's I character naturally was yeah. as the was I was actually into those roles. Character. I was th- I was actually thinking about that. Not to interrupt. I apologize, but I was I was I was, uh, <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier. You know, is when I got the text from from Eric this morning about what the uh, topic was going to be. Um, I just bought my first comic in several years at this point. Last night I bought Stormwatch number one. It got me thinking about the JLA, which is you know the the, the clear inspiration for Stormwatch and Superman was the de facto leader of the JLA. You right. know, he tried to bow out and not really be the leader every once in a while. When, when Batman shows up and says, alright, shut up, you're doing everything wrong, they tend to listen to him. Batman was kind of like the real leader. Batman was the leader when things were on the line. Right. That's well, how I always kind of remembered think ba- it. I don't think Batman really became the leader of the JLA until the 80s when Batman's character really took off as far as yeah, popularity, popularity goes. Yeah. I think that had more to do with that. Well, for a long time, it was, it was Hal Jordan, as I recall. It depends on, I think, in comic books, that's a little different because it depends on who's hot. You know, yeah. Well, the X-Men. Forever, it was Cyclops. Cyclops, But then Wolverine. 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 And now they've got this whole X-schism going on where uh, the, they're coming to a head and they're fighting each other. Right. Everything's going to change yeah. again. Until yeah. next time. <laughs> Until it changes everything again. Right. Yes. So anyway, yeah, so... Sometimes leadership, I think, is overrated because in a game, in a cooperative game, you don't necessarily need a leader. But sometimes it's it is kind of refreshing to put somebody who's not used to that role into that role oh, yeah. and see how they play. We've been playing for years together, and you know, like you said, sometimes I'll I'll assume the leadership role because no one else wants to do it or whatever, or I'm just the mouthiest dude at the table and. B. <laughs> or Winston, <laughs> though anybody could do it. You yeah. know, uh, we've got the you know the problem where Jason and I and 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 uh, sometimes Greg have the the, the shiny object. Oh, the the syndrome. distraction. Right. You know, what? one of us will say something, and the, then we're having a conversation while the game. And somebody's on. busting out the bro stash. <laughs> On the phone, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. popping the bubbly. Yes, the new uh, whatever the new. Uh, well, I think you know even is. even games that that don't need a leader, and we can, you can say if you have a good group of people like like we do, we don't need a leader. But the, the truth of the matter is, we do. Otherwise, we won't get anything done. We, we you need somebody to kind of push things forward. One way that is like what Mike did last week or sorry last Monday. I was like, you want? Uh, <laughs> it's actually a carryover from the previous Monday. You would uh, kind of you had the the. NPC super kids oh, kind of yeah, yeah. you know pick one the, the their fast kid picked out Greg's Greg's He's, playing a speedster. Yeah, so I was picking you out. So we could kind of divvy up into pairs, trips, and you know singles. So you know the other people could you know just jabber while you could deal with only a few of us at a time. Well, yeah, I don't want it to be a combat every week. Okay. Well, any other uh, comments or I have one. Okay. One one of the things that I've also noticed is gamers impose upon themselves things that will keep them out of leadership. Like I've always. When I'm around, been the chronicles of the group. I've yes. taken scrupulous notes just because that's what well, I and, and do. That's, that's your level, also because your high level of engagement in the in the game itself. That's definitely something we've missed for six years too. Greg, <laughs> yes, yes I, I found my notebook from what is our epic group now, and oh. uh, it's a full three page, three subject notebook. From first level to we should thirty totally, first when I left. Just totally just bring that and we'll just read it and, <laughs> and watch and watch Dan go watch Dan's, watch Dan's brain melt. <laughs> Remember, I get to edit it. <laughs> and the end. Yeah, be fast. 
<laughs> but that was kind of my last comment. You know, like I've picked to be the chronicler. I write all the notes and everything. But if they would throw me a leadership position, that would kind of push that off on somebody else. Well, it's because yeah, even though you're focusing on what's going on, you're you're chronicling what's going on, and sometimes it's hard to switch away from that when you're you're focusing on just what's being said rather than the decision behind what's go- what's going to happen. We also have a, a unique opportunity now that that Greg's back. Not just to, that we get our chronicles back, but you know we have a a pre-military, post-military service. Greg, are you going to do a compare is, and contrast? Is Greg going to assume more leadership <laughs> right? now that he's been yelling at idiot privates for the last however Seven long years and two months and twelve days? But who counted? I still do that on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, Sean works at a prison, <laughs> yelling at prisoners. It's kind of like to, at you should try to run the game. Both are captive inmates. audiences. Yeah. One gets paid to be there, right? And I work at a probation office, and I yell at kids. So, so we're, we're that's like working with you guys too. Bunch of children. <laughs> Indeed. I think we'll uh, wrap it up this week. Thanks for listening, and see you guys next week. Adios. Bye. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Gamers Table, and like us on Facebook. You have been listening to Gamers Table, brought to you by Side Tangent Productions. Visit us at www.gamerstable.com. Products and intellectual properties discussed during this podcast are the properties of their respective owners. This production is for entertainment purposes only. Any commercial broadcast is prohibited without the express consent from Side Tangent Productions.